Hello, this is Justin Williams with the Wolfpacker Podcast. I'm joined today, as always, by editor of thewolfpacker.com and fellow co-host, Matt Carter. And today we're going to break down NC State's 55-3 to drubbing of Charleston Southern in Week 2. NC State advances to 2-0 on the season. So we will get into the details of uh, our thoughts, reflections, etc., and maybe a little look ahead to Texas Tech, although we'll preview Texas Tech fully a little bit later on next week. But before we do that, some quick notes for the listeners and viewers at home. Please remember you can subscribe, rate, and review this podcast wherever you listen to podcasts. Apple, Spotify, Google Play, we're there. Um, You can also watch us on YouTube, so please subscribe to our YouTube channel. Give this video a thumbs up and drop a comment while you're at it. We're on social media. You can follow our main account at The Wolfpacker. You can follow me personally at Justin H. Will on Twitter. And uh, give us a like on Facebook, NC State Wolfpack on thewolfpacker.com. Last but not least, sign up for a special deal going on at thewolfpacker.com. For just a dollar, you can get a year's worth of premium subscription to thewolfpacker.com as part of the On3 network. Great deal. Greatest deal in sports media right now. Has been for the past several months. Still is. So uh, if you have not taken advantage of that deal yet, please do so. You're doing yourself a huge favor because you will be the most informed NC State fan at your tailgate. And yeah, you got two more of them coming up in the next couple weeks here with Texas Tech and UConn coming to town. But you had your first tailgate of the season today. And uh I guess I'll, I'll start with this, Matt. Uh, well, I mean, a, a lot less um, stressful of a Saturday than last Saturday was. Um, you know, if you if you had some things to do on Saturday, you had some chores to do later on in the afternoon. Uh, you know, this just was not one of those games that absorbs your whole day. And uh, you know, you couldn't say that last week in a one point skin of your teeth win against ECU. But Matt, how was it to be back in Carter Finley Stadium? And to uh, to see to see a game that uh, you know kind of went as we expected, unlike last week, where NC State was able to take care of business very quickly, no problems, um, and yeah, they move on to to week three, two and zero. Yeah, and it's also good a personal note. Good to be back in a live football game because I missed the East Carolina game. Where getting over, well, I wasn't getting over. I was done with COVID, but I still had to one day left to quarantine. I can't, I think something like that, I think, but, and also a shout out to Justin for the great video of the East Carolina analysis. Ah. If you want to go check that out on, I, I hope it's pinned to the top of your Twitter. It's on Twitter. I don't, I don't tweet a lot, so it, it you'll find it if you get yeah. a Twitter page. Yeah. That was an awesome, awesome video. Um, but yeah, as for, uh, the game today, yeah, it was good to be there. Um, you know, it wasn't the best weather day, very cloudy, you know, a, lot, a little bit of rain, and obviously the lack of uh, anticipation about the opponent probably had diluted the crowd, the crowd a little bit, and a little bit of the in, the in, uh, enthusiasm. But you know, NC State handled business. That was my column actually was back to business, right? You. you you did what you were supposed to do this week, unlike a previous week. You did what you were supposed to do this week. And now your new line of business is getting back for a real opponent. So, yeah, all due respect to Charleston, Shedden, 
It's not even a good FCS team. It's a middle of the road, Big South Conference team in the in the in the FCS. So it's hard to take away a whole lot. The only thing that was exciting about the game for NC State is it, that they did what they wanted to do. With you know, if they wanted to throw it, they threw it. If they wanted to run it, they ran it. The total yard differential was gigantic. You know, all the signs you wanted to see of a dominant authoritative type performance you saw and that's really the main takeaway and they were healthy you know they held out a couple of defensive plays uh peyton wilson who did warm up but he didn't play and then Sahim battle uh dave Dorn said they should be ready next week i can't recall seeing the trainer come on the field once for nc state now mj morris the backup true freshman quarterback did take a hit hard hit late in the game but he went back in um so, other than him, he was the only one who I saw getting some treatment from the trainer, but he was able to walk off, you know, after the hit. His helmet fell off. He went to the sideline. They took a look at him. He went in. So, I mean, isn't that the number one thing in a game like this, is that nobody gets hurt? Look, yeah, I mean, that's, that's – uh objective a b and c in this game uh, well other than winning which yeah. of course was never in question um if every game was like last week i mean all your hairs would turn gray or or you'd lose them i mean it you, you need yeah you, you need a couple weeks like this in the season um so uh you know not every week I, i'm sure i'm sure next week will be uh maybe a little bit more stressful maybe not who knows we'll see if nc state takes care of business but um you know, I think there are some positive things to take away from this game. You know, you don't want to make too much about a game like this because, yes, it's Charleston Southern. It's an FCS opponent. Uh, it's the lone FCS opponent on NC State's schedule. It's by far the easiest game on NC State's schedule. That said, you know, in week one, NC State showed some problematic signs that you wanted to see maybe addressed this week. And I think that was the case. And for me, the, the number one concern that I had in the, game, in the first game was just that Devin Leary did not look comfortable. He didn't look like the Devin Leary that we expected to see this season. And as I kind of predicted going into this game, this was a get right game for Leary. Went 16 to 25, 238 yards, four touchdowns, accounted for another. He looked very comfortable, had some good throws. Um, you know, maybe, maybe a couple he'd like to have back. It wasn't like a A plus perfect game, but it was definitely an A. So, um, good for him to get his confidence back in this game. The one thing that I think, uh, I think I texted Matt that I was annoyed when Devin Leary ran in that first touchdown. Uh, cause man, that was a great run that Devin Leary had, uh, what was about an 11, 12 yard run up the middle where he kept it. Um, I think it was like third and 10 too. So uh, QB draw there and uh, Leary gets in the end zone, knocks over a couple defenders on his way. I mean, it's great to see, um, but at the same time, it's also horrifying to see because you don't want your quarterback to make himself vulnerable <laughs> like that, especially when, you know, two seasons ago, he was out for the season um, when he decided to run and kind of halfway committed between a slide and not sliding. So, uh, you know, if I'm Tim Beck, if I'm the offensive mm -hmm. staff, I'm saying, Devin, appreciate the hustle, uh, love the effort, but we don't need 
six points as opposed to three that badly against Charleston Southern in week two when, um, you know, there's a lot of question marks waiting behind you. I mean, this this team is going to go as far as Devin Leary takes it. So, uh, you know, don't want to see more of that. It's yeah. fine if Leary picks up a few yards here and there to escape the pocket, but you don't want to see him make himself vulnerable because I, I don't really think he's that kind of player. Yeah, that was uh, I was surprised by the play call too. I think it was third and third and long. Yeah, it was third and long at like the twelve yard line. It was a gutsy play call. Yeah, I think that's one of those moments. You know what? If you're gonna put that on tape for an opponent, this is a good game to do it type of deal. And that's my guess that they figured. Yeah, now teams will have to respect it a little bit. Um, I don't know how much they'll respect, respect Devin Lilly on a QB draw, but. Um, sometimes it's good to put that on film just for that. Kind of agree with you. Probably wouldn't have been my cup of tea to make that play call. Interesting development in this game is kind of one of the storylines from the game. Uh, the move of Tim Beck, offensive coordinator for NC State, from the sideline to the uh, coach's box upstairs. He had been calling plays on the sideline since he's been at NC State. And Dave Dorn was kind of somewhat blunt about the move he said he you know that there was probably i got too many moments had happened where you know when they went back and looked at the film on sunday tim beck or the coordinator would say how if i knew that was out there i would have called this play call or something like that you know i would have called this if i known that and and um you know doran kind of hinted at his own experience having called games from both as a defensive coordinator from both the sideline and the box, you get a lot more information quickly, more quickly processed when you're viewing it with your own eyes or who's on the field and what the personnel package is. And um, he just decided he, he basically had kind of had enough of that. And so he, he, he flipped back upstairs for the first time. And uh, something I think he said he intends to keep that way going forward. And, you know, Kurt Roper will handle the uh, communications with the quarterback on the sideline. Kurt Roper's been a quarterback coach in a long time. He was actually his first year at NC State. He was a quarterback coach uh, before switching to running back coach. So they feel comfortable with Kurt being on the on the sideline, and and Tim Beck moves upstairs. So it's kind of one of those very little interesting. In a game like this, you 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 you, you take any subplot you can get, right? to kind of to, to go for that is exactly why it's important to be at the game as a beat reporter matt carter that's why he's one of the best in the biz and uh that's another reason why you should subscribe to the wolfpacker.com to take advantage of that deal a year for just a dollar uh but no it's, it's a little point but i think it's a huge one matt i mean think about you, you commented to me off air last week when you watched the ECU NC state game that you didn't like watching the game on TV. Cause you could just see the game a lot better in person from the press box. Cause you get that all 22 view. That's super important when it comes to something like play calling, especially when, you know, anytime you ask Tim Beck about, you know, his philosophy behind play calling, it's always, well, I'm a big believer in taking what the defense gives you. Well, what better way to see that, you know, what the defense is giving you than be at a bird's eye view where you can see every player on the field. And, uh, you know, I, I would imagine it's also probably easier to 
to get your emotions kind of caught up in the moment when you're on the sideline and you're kind of in the heat of the battle where you can probably kind of have more of a stoic view on the game from the press box. Um, you know, as for communication, that's why you got headsets. I'm sure you'd be able to communicate from the press box as well as you could from the sideline. But, you know, interesting point. And I think that's something to watch here, you know, maybe a positive development for, for NC State just to kind of, you know, see the, the play calls being made in a more efficient manner. Um, so something to watch there. But I do want to talk about the defense a little bit, um, unless you unless you wanted to. I can tell you, point. real quickly, bottom line, adults, 55 points. It was all offense. Yeah, they were set up by some good field position on a few possessions, like a nice punt returns. They had a nice kickoff return once. Uh, uh, Tyler Baker-Williams, which we'll get here, had some big turnovers. Um, that set him up with some short fields as well. But all 55 points were offense-related, um, all off of offense drives. So, Not um, special teams. Yeah. yeah Ste- this, step it up, special teams. <laughs> and no defensive touchdowns either. This is by that the first time that NC State had broken 50 points in a game since the East Carolina 2018 regular season finale that they won 58 to three, if I recall, uh, Tim Beck got here in 2020. So this is the most points NC State has ever scored with Tim Beck as coordinator. And it came in his first game, uh, calling plays up in the box. So coincidence, we'll see. Interesting. Interesting. Mm-hmm. Well, I'm glad you stopped me before I transition to defense because one last thing on the offense uh demi sumo is is the truth he's uh he's he's really good uh i can't wait to see uh what he's gonna do in acc play and once they start playing some power five opponents because uh through two games one against an american athletic opponent you know yes it's not power five but you know ecu's got got some got some men on that field uh charleston southern Again, you don't want to take away too much. Uh, it's still it's still a defense, still college athletes out there. But um, you know, Demi Sumo just looked like an automatic first down every time he touched the ball. The, the stats back that up: seven attempts, seventy yards, average ten a carry. And there was that one little stretch there where I think he ran for like two or three first downs in a row on two or three consecutive runs. I mean, he he kind of looked like a miniature Derrick Henry out there, <laughs> just just running over people and he's got the speed where he just you know it's kind of like a, a, a snowball effect he just you know builds that momentum and he, he just keeps getting faster as he as he keeps going um so positive development there as well can't wait to see more of him i thought i thought jordan houston looked good with his attempts too by the yeah. way um that's not not to take away anything from him and you know kind of quietly east carolina uh, I watched a good bit of their game against Old Dominion just out of curiosity. You know, Old Dominion beat Virginia Tech uh, in week one. Um, they had negative rushing yards until their final run gave them like a 20-yard gain or something like that, and they went from negative seven to, to like 13. There was actually a graphic on the bottom of the screen of the last time East Carolina held a team to negative rushing yards. So, you know, maybe that rushing by Demi Sumo Conbe was um, a little more impressive than we folks gave him credit for, which is goes back to what I said a million times. You need to wait about three to four weeks before drawing really good conclusions about football. 
college football season. Well, we're uh, we're halfway there. I think we can really safely start drawing some conclusions. You know, maybe after next week, NC State will get three games into the season. It'll be a nice measuring stick opportunity for NC State. I think it'll uh, give us a fuller picture as to whether or not week one was more an indication of what this team will be or if it was a one-off type game where, you know, maybe NC State didn't put forth its best effort, corrects the ship the next week, and then takes care of business the next week. But uh, speaking of something that I, I haven't really seen uh, many issues with this year, the defense um, in the first half, when the first string defense was out there, Charleston Southern just didn't stand a chance. I mean, it wasn't it wasn't fair. Um, so, you know, I, again, it's one of those situations where it's like, how much do you want to take away from it? But the defense did what it goes out there to do, which is not not allow the opposing offense to to, to gain any momentum or, I mean, really any first downs there. How many first downs did Charleston Southern have in the first half? Like, you can count on one hand. Yeah, they had a first down on the first drive, and then their next – I am looking at it now here. Their next yeah, one, two, three – next three drives were three and out. Um, then they, they finally kind of sustained a little bit of a drive, but it ended up with a turnover on downs. Um, and then they punted. They didn't have a whole lot in the first half, obviously. And at halftime, they had 80 yards of total offense on 31 plays, which if you do the math off the top of your head, that's less than three yards per play. Um, for some perspective at halftime, NC State had 344 yards of total offense. So that was the difference, 344 to 80. Again, you couldn't really take a whole lot out of it. Other than Charleston Southern, you knew that they were. We talked about it in the pod, preview podcast. They were going to throw the football, and man, did they throw the football! I mean, it was one quick pass after another. They ended up with uh, forty-seven pass attempts. And that doesn't count sacks. So they were just sacking there. So at least forty-eight passing plays, and I'm sure there were some QB runs, which made the game an exhausting three and a half hours by the end of the day. Um, but over math, overwhelmed. I guess the only nitpicky thing is they didn't get a shutout, right? Uh, Delbert Mims fumble, set Charleston uh, shutting up with good field position. And that kicker was really good. He made a uh, 48-yard field goal that would have been good from about 55. So if you're an FBS team, and Sam Babbitt has some eligibility left, and you're looking for a kicker after this year. You might want to look up Sam Babbitt from Charleston Southern. NC State could be looking for a kicker next year. They could. Have quick if it done, by the way. 46 and 45-yard field goals in this game. So, uh, he's good. He's been good since he's been here. Mm -hmm. So, um, you know, again, it's, it's just – Every time you talk about Charleston Southern, it's like, okay, well, let's just fast forward the videotape, get to get to a real game, then we can finally, you know, believe what you're seeing as opposed to is this an illusion? Um, but yeah, NC NC State looked more like the number thirteen ranked team in the country today than it did a week ago. Um, you want to get to game balls? What did they do to, to, to add to your point? Because we're not going to talk about Texas Tech too much, but 
Um, Texas Tech beat number 24 Houston, by the way, this week. That's right. I'm about to tell you. Won in overtime on their home field. Um, but they did they did win in overtime. A, a big late drive. I, I watched the end of that game, too. They had a late drive to kick a game-tying field goal. I think they converted like a fourth and 20 in the first overtime and scored a touchdown to, to force the second overtime. And then they won it on a touchdown uh, after Houston cooked a field goal. They, they scored a touchdown to win it. So, um, so what you know is you have a capable team coming to Raleigh. So it's good measuring stick. And in some ways, the schedule has kind of shaped up somewhat nice. You had an East Carolina team to play them at the, on the road. They had a nice lopsided win over Old Dominion in response. And you get a, a complete, you know, glorified scrimmage with Charleston Southern. Now you're back into it, testing yourself against a very credible Power 5 team that got a top 25 win under its belt. So, uh, in, in a way, the non-conference schedule setting up somewhat nicely to test and find yourself out before you get into the game that really count and really matter. Well, um... I guess you know while we're while we're looking ahead a little bit in the schedule. I guess we could do a, a quick Clemson tracker. They won thirty-five to twelve over Furman, yeah. but you know, shout out to Furman for scoring twelve points on the Clemson defense. Yeah, uh, that I just want to say with that too. So everybody who tweets, why are we, why is NC State playing this game against Charleston Southern? All the big boys do it. I don't like the game. All right, I'm with you. I hate those kind of games. They know at I told a, a buddy of mine before the game, sports is about anticipation. And there's no anticipation for the yeah. game. But the big boys do it. You know how I know? Who won the national championship last year? Georgia. Who played Georgia last year? Charleston Southern. <laughs> yeah. mm-hmm. Clemson playing Foman. Alabama playing Louisiana Monroe or something like that next week. They all do it. Every team in the country goes and finds one of these type of games. There's a benefit to them. It's just not a very fan. It's not a fan friendly game, uh, but it has some benefits, and that's that. Well, end end of lecture. That was thank you. That was good. Uh, I agree. It's not fun, but. You need at least one automatic W. I mean, in, in NC State's case, they have two on the schedule, uh, yeah. automatic Ws. Um, we'll get to the other one in a couple of weeks. We don't have we don't have to start previewing UConn. Uh, <laughs> with that, let's give out our game balls. Uh, Matt, I'll let you start off. Yeah, Devin Leary put your name in school history with uh, a couple of quarterbacks named Philip Rivers and Mike Glennon. Uh, Philip Rivers is, could be a Hall of Famer in the NFL. Uh, Mike Glennon made himself enough money to l- live off of probably for the rest of his life playing in the NFL. And uh, Devin Leary tied their school record of six touchdowns responsible, threw for four, ran for two, doubled his career rushing yard touchdown total, uh, probably took a couple hits harder than he wanted to, on, on the one run, walked in on the other, but um, 
That wasn't a perfect game. Got away with an interception at the five-yard line on a pass interference. Um, but finished today 16 of 25 for 238 yards, four touchdowns, no turnovers, ran for two scores, and basically did it in a half. He had a 27-yard touchdown pass in the second half. That was the only play he was involved in in the second half. So, um, you know, thought it will get a little bit more comfortable with those receivers on the outside after kind of really struggling to throw outside the numbers against East Carolina. Uh, good effort. He's gotten a lot of game balls, I'm sure, over the years. Just another one for him. But uh, when you tie a school record that Philip Rivers and Mike Glennon share, you get a game ball. Well said. Devin Leary, well-deserved game ball. Uh, I'll go to the defense since, yes, the defense did not have a shutout, but it did hold Charleston Southern to just three points. And uh, as we mentioned earlier in the pod, Charleston Southern had no chance in the first half when the first stringers were out there. Um, I'm going to give my game ball to Tyler Baker Williams. Not as much – a guy that I feel like is maybe uh, underappreciated in that NC State secondary. You know, there's a lot of talk about – Tanner Engel and Zarek Pitts and, uh, you know, I mean, a, a lot of the defensive backs. Tyler Baker-Williams plays the nickel position. Everybody in the defensive backfield says that the nickel position is the hardest to play. Today, forced a fumble, had a TFL and a half, had an interception. I mean, had an interception last week. He's, he's just stepping up, making plays. That's what uh, – that's what you want from your defense, a bunch of playmakers uh, that can go out there and get a turnover and, and, and change the impact of a game. So, yeah, you didn't you didn't need those two turnovers today, but you might need them next week against Texas Tech. So uh, Tyler Baker-Williams, that's, that's, that's who my game ball is going to. Um, I mean, I'd give the game ball to the whole defense because I thought I – just, I just love watching this defense play. I mean, yeah. just it's nice to see this NC State defense fully healthy – I know we didn't see Peyton Wilson out there today, um, but you know, when when everybody's out there, when all the one A's are out there, this is a damn good defense. So I, I can't wait to see it go head to head against some uh, competitive offenses here soon. But uh, that'll about do it for this podcast. We'll be back later uh, next week for Texas Tech preview. Uh, before we sign out here, some quick reminders. Please remember to subscribe, rate, and review this podcast wherever you listen to us. We're on Apple, Spotify, Google Play, wherever you listen to podcasts. Plus, you can always watch us on YouTube where you should subscribe to our YouTube channel. Give this video a thumbs up and drop a comment while you're at it. We're on social media. You can follow our main account at The Wolfpacker on Twitter. You can give me a follow at Justin H. Will on Twitter. And give us a like on Facebook, NC State Wolfpack on thewolfpacker.com. Last but not least, sign up for that special deal. Just a dollar gets you a year's worth of premium subscription to thewolfpacker.com as part of the On3 network. Um, everything insider NC State athletic information, news as soon as it comes out. Uh, Matt, Matt is in with the insiders. So you want to know what Matt knows. And if you want to know what Matt knows, you need to be a member of thewolfpacker.com. So sign up. A dollar gets you a year's worth of premium subscription and uh you won't regret it so go do that that's going to do it for this wolfpacker podcast so for matt carter this is justin williams and this has been the wolfpacker podcast